It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, can Grissom handle the load? Trey would have been a nice addition. And fans say one thing, Vegas says another. It's all next on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today. To get started, we ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are also free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorites, Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, that's two more ways you can check us out, show us uh, or give us a, uh, a look-see on those platforms as well. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at jmch316 so as we move into most likely the von grissom era of playing shortstop you know one of the real underrated things about dansby swanson besides winning the gold glove probably should have won a couple you know his bat being a number two hitter driving you know driving in runs scoring runs and all those kinds of whatever you know all these kinds of different things that he brought to the table one of the underrated things is for the last few years his health and his durability so remember back dansby had some issues in his first few years in the big leagues where he was having nicks and injuries and different things like that but the last three years when you look at dansby swanson last year he led the majors in games played with 162 the year before, he also led the majors in games played with 160. And then go back to the pandemic year of 2020, they only played 60 games in that season, but he played in all 60 games. In fact, he led baseball in the number of at-bats with 237. So in the last three years, 264 played appearances in the 60-game season, 653 played appearances in 2021 and 696 plate appearances last year so one of the things that's really underrated is the durability of dansby swanson so i asked the question can vaughn grissom handle that load because one of the things for the last three years is brian snitker has been able to just pencil in dansby swanson he's at short wherever he hits doesn't matter. Second, fifth, eighth, ninth, whatever. 20th, whatever. He's been able to pencil him into the lineup every single day. Now, how much of the load do they give Vaughn Grissom, right? Do they still find a way to sign a veteran shortstop as a backup? And I'm not talking about like Orlando Arcia, but one of the things that we have to look at with Vaughn Grissom is can he play a full season? Can he play 162 games if Caldwell? Whatever he does, you know, look, he's not going to be 
most likely a gold glove shortstop. He's working hard. He's working with Ron Washington every day. He's going to be your shortstop. But can he handle the workload that comes with being a, a shortstop where you want that guy in your lineup every single day if you can? Yeah, you can you can sub in a first baseman, a third baseman, a left fielder. You can you can rotate some guys around. But when it comes to a quality shortstop, that's not a position that you want to have to platoon at or you know give some at bats to because of workload, right? You know, you don't want to hear something about load management. I know that's an NBA term, but you don't want to hear something about load management when it comes to your shortstop. And obviously, given Ozzie Albee's injury history, and we don't know if he's ready to just come back and play 162 games this season, Braves could find themselves in a pickle if they've got Ozzie hurt and the amount of workload that Vaughn Grissom can have. So one of the things to really watch for the Atlanta Braves is going to be how much of the workload does Vaughn Grissom take on? Is he an everyday shortstop? Obviously, they want Vaughn Grissom to be the everyday shortstop. They want him, whether it's his bat, and, and look, frankly, his bat isn't as important as what his glove is. You know, the Braves have put a premium on defense, shortstop, catcher, right? There, there's more of a premium when it comes to the Braves. And Alex Anthopoulos has talked about this that there's more of a premium that comes with having a great glove than even what your offensive production is. So even if Vaughn Grissom has his struggles at the plate, you know, he doesn't hit as well, things like that. If he can be a capable defensive player, and again, I'm not saying he's going to be Dansby. Dansby's routed himself into arguably one of the, you know, one, two, three best defensive players in all of Major League Baseball at shortstop. He was a gold glove winner last year, should have won the gold glove in the 2020 season in the pandemic. So he's rounded himself into being one of the best defensive shortstops in the league. And he'll continue that. He's still in his prime. But the workload and, you know, the, the management of what Vaughn Grissom could be, you know, if he struggles at the plate, do they still continue to stick with him if he has some, uh, let's just say, less than stellar moments out in the field? If he's less than a stellar defensive shortstop, do we see them platoon a little bit more? That's the thing about Dansby is that you knew that you could pencil him in the lineup every single day. And, and for a guy who had certainly his health issues and certainly had durability issues early in his career. The last three years, he's been able to figure it out. He's been able to stay healthy, whatever he's done, whatever changes that that he's made. And when you can pencil in a guy for 162 games at a premium position, that's a huge benefit to the manager. That's a huge benefit to your ball club. That's a huge benefit with knowing that you have that guy there that you don't have to tweak and things like that. Because again, you could not only pencil him in a shortstop every day, but you could put him in that number two spot in the lineup. You could just write it down and, and it's there. So more than what Grissom does at bats, more than what Grissom does, you know, where he's hitting and things like that in the order, 
I think the key question for Grissom is how much can he play? Can he be a 162-game player? Can he be a 162-game shortstop? That's not easy to do, by the way. You know, guys, guys go through guys go through stretches where you're going to get nicked up, you're going to get dinged up. And the fact that he is hasn't played certainly that amount of games in his professional baseball life, and the fact that he's taking on a whole nother position, and he's having to live up to the expectations of what Dansby Swanson is. Hopefully this thing goes right for the Atlanta Braves, but certainly it has been for the last three years, the underappreciated fact of what Dansby Swanson has brought to this club, as much as his leadership, his ability to hit, his a defensive ability, the fact that he has been able to be a guy that played every single day, don't take that for granted when it comes to what Vaughn Grissom is going to be. Hopefully he can be a 162-game shortstop, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if they play him that much or if Snicker pencils him in every day. I certainly believe that – I don't believe he'll be a 162-game shortstop when all is said and done. I think that there will be stretches that they give him off and little rest respites and things like that, that a game here and a game there and things like that. Not so much load management, but just not trying to overwork him and not trying to push him in a full Major League Baseball season. I want to talk about my friends over at FanDuel. Listen, we're past the all-star break now for the NBA. We're headed down the uh, home stretch. FanDuel's America's number one sports book. And you can get in on the action by claiming your no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel's a safe, secure, easy-to-use application. You can bet on everything from money lines to point scores, prop bets, everything that you want available to you to bet on it uh, at FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Claim your no sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And besides making hit and hard with John Chuckery, your first listen every day, make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen, your biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get all of your podcasts from. So the way the All-Star game last night, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't, the NBA All-Star game, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. Uh, you know, the I didn't watch the skills competition. I did watch McClung make the, the do the dunk contest. Uh, you know, he was pretty good and all that. But the way the NBA All-Star game last night devolved into, it became not just a three-point contest, but it became a half-court three-point contest. It, it looked like it looked like in between quarters what the Hawks do, you know, where they bring some jabron out and have him shoot a half-court shot and see if he can win, you know, some money for all of it. So that's what it devolved into, you know. Well, a lot of defense, obviously, and, you know, the All-Star game is what it is. But it certainly would have been fun to have Trey Young be a part of all of that because of the way that the game played itself out. 
you know, it would have been fun. Now, obviously, Steph has got injuries and things like that. So so he wasn't available, right? So it would have been fun to have Trey Young out there for the way that that game ended up being played. You know, listen, Trey's the master of the logo three, right? And and, and near half court threes and things like that, right? The the long distance threes that Trey Young makes, you know, on a eh, maybe semi-regular basis this year based upon, you know, some of the numbers and the stats that, that he's got. You know, it's not been his best shooting year this year, but it would have been fun for him to be a part of the way that that game played out. Because I'll be honest with you, that that game wasn't really I, – I was more interested in the WWE on A&E biography of the NWO. Even though I know everything about the NWO that there is, I was still more interested in that than what the actual All-Star game was. And, you know, it, it uh, Team Giannis uh, ended up beating Team LeBron – um, Giannis was out, uh, LeBron ended up not playing in the second half, um, uh, because of injury and different things like that. So you saw Tatum and, and Jalen Brown and these guys just start launching threes everywhere. Right. You know, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, they were just hucking them up from whatever distance and, and literally it devolved into, okay, let's see who can make the most half court shots. It, it should have been one of those things where, Remember in the old days of the um, MTV All-Star game, right, that they that they MTV used to do like a celebrity game or something like that, and they would have like a 10-point shot or a four-point shot, you know, besides just your twos and your threes, they have all these gimmick shots, right? I think I think the biggest one was was a 10-point shot that they had. It, it would have been it would have been more fun to just kind of do it like that. That 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 just put spots on the floor and give it into a you know a just play into the whole gimmick idea of it. But Trey would have been one of the guys that the way that that game played out would have been fun and exciting to see what he did. But alas, I mean, you know, we we can debate the merits of whether or not Trey Young should have been an all-star. I think he should have been an all-star reserve. I mean, you're 27 points and 10 assists. And with all due respect, I mean, you know, Julius Randle and some of these other guys, okay. I mean, you know, they're 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 big time players, but are, are they any bigger than what Trey Young is? I mean, I, I just think that Trey Young deserved a spot to be on the all-star reserve team. When you look at what he's done, yes, he's not having his best shooting year, but his numbers are still there. He's still a premier passing guy, assist guy. He's still a guy that's a high volume scorer. And I and I do believe this, that the lack of team success, and, and I talked to Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports, NBA writer for them, um, you know, about this on Friday night on my radio show, that they are one of the more disappointing teams in the NBA right now. Now, there's some other teams that are in that mix as well. But they certainly went into the season with the expectation of being better. And with DeJounte Murray, Trey Young would have more opportunity to both create and score. And it just hasn't worked itself out yet. And it just hasn't played out the way that we as fans thought it would play out. And that's kind of the, you know, when you talk to a guy like Kurt Heelan, he's got the national pulse and national perspective 
of things. And so when you have a disappointing franchise like the Hawks are, and, and they're not living up to expectations, guys aren't going to get the benefit of the doubt. A, a guy like Trey Young, he may be exciting and he may be a guy that you know, deserves his accolades and things like that, but he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt when you have a mediocre franchise. And, and he's not that established star yet. When I say that, you know, a guy like DeMar DeRozan has been to six all-star games already. You know, certainly more of what a, a name is or what his reputation is. He may not be exactly the same player that Trey Young is, but he's got more of the long-term reputation that guys will go to him or gravitate to him, whether it's, look, you know, Trey was, I think, uh, toward the very bottom of guards, you know, when it came to player voting. You know, his peers did not did not give him any kind of bouquets or anything like that. And, and maybe that they point the lack of team success sort of on the shoulders of Trey. Whether that's fair or not, whether that's how it really played out or anything like that, the reality is still that Trey Young finished toward the very bottom amongst his peers when it came to voting, right? There's a fan vote. There's a player vote, right? There's there's these different avenues for voting. When it came to the player vote, he was toward the bottom of the all-star voting. Do I think that Trey Young should have been an all-star? Yes. I, I do think that I do think that when you look at the Eastern Conference or just the NBA as a whole, right? Is he having a better year than Luca or some of these other guys? Is he having a better year than Donovan Mitchell? No, probably not. But that still doesn't mean that he shouldn't be an all-star, that he still shouldn't be a representative of the all-star team. So with the way that that game devolved in it and it evolved into or whatever you want to say about it, where it became basically a logo or half-court three-point contest, Trey would have been the perfect guy to have with all of that. That would have been the perfect opportunity or the perfect kind of scenario for Trey Young to be a part of it. But alas, Trey Young wasn't uh, wasn't a part of all of this. Right, I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, if you head to Built.com today, right, we're looking for all of those low sugar, low carb, low calorie, but high protein types of snacks as we're getting in shape and getting healthier for the new year. Head to built.com today. You can find all of your favorite flavors there. And of course, excuse me, the marshmallow puffs, the, 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 the different kind of protein bar. If you're just not into traditional protein bars, try the marshmallow puffs. It's still got the 130 calories, four grams of sugar, but the 17 grams of protein to go along with it. And now you can head over to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, pick you up a box of Built Bars, or you can go to Sam's Club and pick you up a box of Built Bars. So whether you want to go the brick and mortar route or you want to go the online route, now you have more options available to you. Go to Built.com, check out all the different flavors that they have, and now you can head to Walmart, Sam's Club, check out all the different flavors that they have there at the stores Go to built.com today. So what fans say versus what Vegas says is always interesting. 
when it comes to the Super Bowl odds for Super Bowl 58, right? I was looking at some of the different numbers that are available there. So for the Atlanta Falcons, when it comes to Super Bowl 58, the Falcons are a plus 7,500 um, to win the Super Bowl with a FanDuel. They're a plus 7,500 at DraftKings. They are a plus uh, 6,600 when it comes to points bet. On MGM, they are a plus 8,000. And then they're a uh, plus 8,000 on one other service. Now, we as Falcon fans believe that, oh, well, we can win the division and, and you know, we, we should be the favorites and all this, that, and the other. But when you look at what the odds makers say, the guys who, I don't know, build these mammoth casinos and, you know, aren't in the business of losing money. When you look at what the odds say in Vegas and wherever, and, and our buddies at FanDuel, that the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, have better odds overall. Now, Tampa has the same odds as the Atlanta Falcons at plus 7,500 on FanDuel, but Carolina is a plus 5,500. So what does it tell you? Okay, we as fans say, oh, well, we should win the division or this, that, and the other. But the guys who make their money and they make their living and they build those big casinos and are not in the business of losing their money say otherwise. You know, the Falcons are still a very flawed team. Doesn't matter if you have, look, you can have all the money in the world if you don't make the right personnel decisions. You can have all the draft capital in the world if you don't make the right personnel decisions. You're not going to get your franchise on track. And, and Vegas is telling you that they look at the situations, even with Tom Brady not being there, even with the flux of a new coach in Carolina, new quarterback most likely, right? Even with all that flux, they still put the Atlanta Falcons behind those two teams. In, in fact, that the Falcons have the, I think it's the 28th best odds to win um, the Super Bowl. And even the the Saints, by the way, the Saints are a, 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 a betting favorite as well. They're plus 3,500 on FanDuel. So you have all three teams in the division that have better betting odds to the Falcons. And, and this is where we, we, we let our emotion dictate what we really are. Well, you know, we, we can win the division or this, that, the other, and, and they have to win the division. No, they don't. You, you know, certainly this franchise has to show improvement. You know, if they're nine and eight and they don't make the playoffs, that's still a successful season because you've had five straight losing seasons and you you hadn't sniffed the playoffs in, in any of that. Well, well, we were close to winning the division. You weren't close to winning the division. We, we, we were not close to winning the division title, okay? There's mythology and then there's reality. The, the reality is we were not that close to winning the division. So when you look at what the odds say, when you look at what the people that make their money off this stuff aren't in the business of losing, aren't trying to pick, you know, anyone that, that you know, can come out of nowhere, Cinderella story, out of nowhere, right? They're saying that all three teams have better odds 
to make the Super Bowl, which in turn probably means that all three teams are more likely to win the division than what the Atlanta Falcons are. Now, yes, the Falcons could surprise. If they get their quarterback situation figured out, they get their defense figured out, they're still able to run the football first and second. I mean, all of these scenarios have to play out. And, and we say, well, well, all those things have to play out in New Orleans or, or Tampa or Carolina. But they're telling you that they feel more confident in what those other franchises could do. When you've had five straight losing seasons in what has been, by and large, a mediocre division. Yes, I know Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. They won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But this has not been the best division in the NFL by any stretch. This certainly has not been, you know, a strong division over the last handful of years. You know, it took Tom Brady to put that Tampa Bay team over the hump and, and get them there. And it took the best player, you know, the best quarterback in the history of the NFL to make Tampa into a Super Bowl contender. And, and that's the benefit of a guy like that that takes a a, a, a a pretty good surrounding cast and elevates them to Super Bowl champion. Who's going to do that for the Atlanta Falcons? Who, who's going to be the magical guy? Well, you know, Kyle Pitts will step up. Okay, well, three things have to happen before Kyle Pitts can have a, a good season. They have to block for Desmond Ritter. That Desmond Ritter has to make the throw, and then he's got to make the catch, right? Like, there's all these things that, that have to happen. And the Falcons, look, I think the biggest thing is that why the Falcons are last as far as Super Bowl odds in their division is because the foundation that they're built on. The, the foundation is, yeah, it's a pretty good offensive line, but let's see if they can do it two years in a row. Let's see if Caleb McGarry can play two years in a row. The one thing you have to do defensively in the NFL, they stink at. They stink at that. And then you don't have any stability at what your quarterback is. Desmond Ritter, whether he starts or not, doesn't start, whatever, you don't have any stability. Yeah, we, we can hope and pray that Desmond Ritter is a viable quarterback. But the foundation that this team is built on, because they didn't make their offensive line outstanding, they didn't make their defensive line outstanding, they haven't gotten their quarterback exactly right, the foundation – I want to say is basically like a house of cards. And I think that's the biggest thing that odds makers are looking at is just how were you built? Are you built for success to win in the NFL? And right now the Falcons aren't built that way. Maybe they will be that. Maybe they'll, maybe the money that they have, they'll be much better. You know, maybe the draft capital, it'll net them some, some really good players. But right now the foundation that you're built on you know, is basically mud and dirt and twigs and branches and things. It's not built on a solid concrete footing. And those other teams in the division have a much more solid footing than what the Falcons do. So we as fans can say one thing, but the guys who make all their money and aren't in the business of losing say something completely different. I right, would well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get all of your favorite podcasts from. 
we ask you to head over to youtube.com, put Locked on Sports Atlanta in the search browser, hit that subscribe button. We're growing to over 6,000 folks. Be a part of our ever-growing community. Leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms as well. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get all of your favorites from. Roku and Amazon Fire, we are also available on those platforms as well. And then give me a follow at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.